pray, shall we? Sure. That'd be a good idea. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to start off by saying something very politically incorrect right now. Oh, oh no. Oh. Hey. No, no, no. First, the... right? Hey. There is only one race. There are not many races. Human race. People are people are people. Oh, and by the way, people give birth to people, too. Yeah. Like uh, bears give birth to bears, dogs. Never give birth to cats, I don't think. Right? <laughs> um, even though, like, do you remember a couple years ago they would try to, at least, you know, animatedly, you know, splice like a tiger, you know, and, and a bear. Or oh, they have tigers and lions. So what's that? They have tigers and lions. They do. Yeah, those and are, they lions, are right? genetically defective. Uh, it's not right. And they never quit growing. It's not they right. No, they Even even when when you can do that, or when it's done in nature. If we use that term, you know, what is it like a, a horse and a donkey? Yes. A, a mule. A mule, but they, they can't reproduce. reproduce. Yeah. There's yeah. probably a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and in the same way, too, with uh, with homosexuals and lesbians, the only way that they <laughs> can, can reproduce is, is yeah, with another person. So are we saying a mule is my friend? Asexual. I'm not saying that. But, uh, yeah, asexual. Yeah, that's right, asexual. But but someone commented, uh, you know, uh, did he use this term? But nature and nurture, you know, we talk about different cultures. There are differences, and it, it amazes me that we're, you know, it's it's naive to say that there are no cultural differences, and there are no sexual differences. It's obvious, I think, to everyone, right? Um, you know that there are distinctions. Um, and these distinctions, you know, of course, are given by God, you know, to be used according to how he has given them to be used, right? Uh, so what we're seeing today, uh, we'll, we'll start from the ground up, but basically the effect of sin, you know, denial of, I mentioned before, but denial of reality really, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More against God. I, uh, I, I shared this with uh, with at least uh, one person or a few people this past week, but I, I just heard something on the radio, Christian radio, Issues Etc. actually. A definition of woke is denial or, uh, you know, it, it, denial or woke is repentance of who God made you. Yeah. Or how God made you, which I, I think greatly fits because you have to be, because we're all white here. <laughs> Even though we might be mixed, right? I mean, from European descent and, and you know, different, uh, you know, maybe 5% or maybe 0.05% Indian, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, uh, because we're white, we don't have a say among the woke crowd. And it doesn't matter individually who we are because it's more collective. You know, you're white, you're black, you're, you're this and you're that. And I, I'm, Maybe I shouldn't say I'm into, I'm, I'm not into conspiracy theories, um, but I, I think there is there is uh, an agenda going on, and eventually it's coming to the church. 
There's no question about that. That's, that's where it's headed. Uh, and with, with reference to this, you know, so speaking the truth, um, thinking of Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 5, where God says, Woe to him who calls good evil and evil good. And that's exactly what we see going on today. You know, evil is seen as good. Good is seen as evil. And this is something that the, the church must continue to distinguish, right? Distinguish law and gospel, continue to speak the truth. And um, that is, you know, as, as, as you might recall from Ezekiel, when God commanded Ezekiel to speak, it was not dependent on the result. It was not dependent on the consequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because lots of those guys got killed, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Very few prophets made it to old age or made it yeah. safely. Well, and, and in catechesis last night, we were, we were looking at John uh, 15 and 16. And in John 16, Jesus specifically tells his disciples that, you know, some will kill you and think they're doing God a service. Right. Isn't that what the Muslims do? Yeah, jihad. I mean, if you take it literally, yeah. jihad. I mean, that's yeah, it's a straight ticket, you know, uh, according to their uh, theology. But what's amazing too is Jesus said this to his disciples, and as far as I I, I know from what tradition says, only one of those disciples who heard uh, died. I don't want to say a natural death, but he died apart from martyrdom. And of course, that was John the Evangelist. All the others, though. Yeah, but he was on an island by himself, too. Yeah. So he wasn't. It wasn't just like he had been treated normally. Well, he was in exile, right? Right. So you know. Um, but yeah, he was the only one, and and <clears throat> you know, you think of that, especially like an early, uh, a newbie Christian, if I use that term. You know, one who doesn't. Well, we don't know any everything anyway, right? Um, but uh, there there is something to say about seasoned, mature Christians. You know, um, if one is new in the faith, I, I, I can speak from experience, not in terms of the faith so much, um, except in relation to the ministry. You know, the first couple years of ministry, you know, you just come out of the seminary and you, you think you know a lot, yeah. which you do. But the practical aspect of that, um, that's something that has to be learned. And they can't teach you that at seminary. That, that's why when I hear of this, sometimes at the seminary, I, I know I, I hear rumblings that they're talking about how to make uh, men better pastors in order to prepare them practically and, and the like. And I, I get a little uncomfortable, to tell you the truth, when I hear that, because that's not the job of the seminary. The job of the seminary is to give you the goods, the tools, and teach you how to use them. Because every different congregation and ministry is going to be somewhat different than another. There's going to be some variance. That's what the church is supposed to try to do a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Put you in the field and kind of, you know, what you got the first two years in seminary is thinking what you got in the book. And, Apply in the trenches, so to speak. Right. But when yeah. you're all and, by yourself. Right. You're not. You're, you shouldn't be by yourself. I, I know there's there's that well, aspect I mean, too. Your first, uh, your yeah. first church. Yeah, and and that's where you know the the much of the growth I, I think is going to take place. There there is growth that takes place in, that place takes place at Vicarage, 
there was a saying, when you enter seminary, you think you know a lot, and then the first year, you find out, oh, I know less than I thought I did. The second year, I know even less. And then you go to Vicarage, it's like, wow, this is the real thing. And then fourth year, it's like, I'm not ready to graduate. <laughs> I'm not ready to be a pastor yet. And, and that's exactly the time when, when you're sent home. Yeah. I see in a lot of the universities that their job is to weed out people. Yeah. Do you not see that as part of the job of the seminary is to weed out the people who should not be a pastor? I, I didn't see it myself, but there were classmates that would be in your class like the first quarter because we went by the quarter system at the time. And then you want to see them like past the second half of the quarter or into the second quarter or whatever. There, there, there was a weeding out, and I, I don't know if that's by design, uh, but it is a consequence of the training. Um, I, I know of, of some, for example, I know of a, a, a gentleman who, uh, who lived... Uh, see I think he was in Ohio uh, previous congregation and uh, he moved to uh, Iowa area he was an engineer and he, he did start seminary at, at st. Louis you know and so there was kind of a connection right there um, as you might know I got my MDiv from, from st. Louis Concordia seminary Concordia seminary st. Louis but uh, but he was not able to uh, to work with the Greek and it wasn't found out until later that he had dyslexia. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. That's um, awful. So, I mean, that's what Greek looks like. But he didn't, yeah. he didn't know. He didn't know until, you know, after having Greek. Yeah. I guess he was able to work it out and uh -huh. stuff like that. But he never went, he never, he, he didn't finish seminary. Uh, but there are others who, who, who go in, um, you know, that, uh, that think they have the gifts and the abilities. The, what we call the internal call maybe was there, yeah. uh, but but uh, but you know their grades you know were not where they should have been. Whether it be the Hebrew or the Greek or with the reading, uh, theologically too, uh, because we do study uh, the Book of Concord. We do study uh, the textbook for my systematics class. Systematics one, two, and three was Francis Pieper, Christian Dogmatics, volumes one, two, and three. And I don't know if you remember Eichmann. Um, that was a total different seminar experience. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I had Eichmann, and, and you know he he really drilled us on the on the text. You know, and in, in other words, he he, he took the, 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 the test questions directly from the text. <laughs> Good. Good. You know, it's true or false kind of thing. Uh, was there another comment too? Yes. I know in some other denominations it's quite common for a man to just decide he's going to be a pastor. And they don't go to seminary. They just start their own church. And they plug into whatever denomination they grew up in. So uh, I, I've noticed that doesn't happen here. No. Yeah. no. It's a great thing. Yeah, that we have educated people right. for pastors. Right, and and you know, with, with reference to uh, you know the the training, I, I think there there is some variance uh, depending on circumstances. Which you know, I, I could see you know sometimes there 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 can be that can be helpful, even even perhaps necessary at at, at some points in time. Um, but uh, 
what, what I'm speaking at is these alternative routes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think they may start with a decent idea, you know, and kind of implemented um, with this goal and purpose in mind. But what so often happens, and we know this um, in, in, you know, in our experiences, that often the exception becomes the rule. So, you know, SMP, Specific Ministry Pastoral Program, is an example of that. And I, I know of some SMP pastors I, um, in, in, in this district, and I knew of some in, in another district, uh, in the Wisconsin, South Wisconsin district, and various other places too. Um, and I pray this is changing, but an SMP pastor, a specific ministry pastor, is, is uh, given to serve in a certain location because of circumstances. Right. And only that location. Ideally, yes. <laughs> And not only only in that location, but only in that district. At least that's the way it was, you know, promoted initially. Um, but uh, forgive me if you've heard this before. But I knew of one congregation, and they had in in South Wisconsin, they had uh, I, I want to say at least a thousand plus members. But they had at least two, if not three, SMP pastors as well as a senior pastor. And this was a kind of a this was a suburb of Milwaukee, and I think and they had a school, and I'm thinking, okay, why an SMP in this situation? Um, and you know, even it, it was kind of odd because even in this small town or smaller town, I guess, uh, but uh, you know, there there were at least I think three, if not perhaps four, LCMS congregations. You know, in this place, but this one congregation was the larger of the of the number there. But they had two or three SMP pastors, and I, I still didn't understand that because actually the district president lived in that town, in that city. Um, but that needs approval by the district president. Yeah. I was talking to Tim McGill a couple of years ago, and he said that the church that he went to had more than 10, maybe 17 or so pastors who had been graduated from the seminary but didn't want to take a call somewhere else. So they had, I mean, it wasn't like there weren't enough pastors to go around. It was that all of them didn't want to leave. Right. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's probably another issue. Yeah. That was probably St. Louis or somewhere. <laughs> well, it, 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 it could have been. I mean, it was yeah. yeah, it was but, what? Uh, Fort Wayne. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean that there's, yeah, I mean that 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 raises you know some other questions I think, yeah. uh, because if someone enters into the, you know, wants to enter into the ministry, it's it's fine to say okay, I'd like to serve in this, you know, in this place, um, but uh, oh, I'd like to serve the congregation that I grew up in, you know. Um, <laughs> Yes and no. You can do that all you want, but when you go into the ministry, it's kind of like the military in a sense. You go where they send you. Yeah. You know, where, where the need is pressing. Right? You have a choice. You can yeah. go where they send you, or you, cannot or you go. can go to jail. <laughs> yeah, or go well, where they yeah, send you. Yeah, we, we, don't have, we don't have church jail. Um, you know. Yes, you do. You do. 
you can get you out of the industry out. if you don't want to do, or you just take yeah. another job, either right. in the congregation or in the community, so you can right. do what what you feel that you need to do. But yeah. being a pastor is is not an easy thing, and a lot of times it's not a fun thing, and it definitely is a is a calling, and uh, and for the family, it's uh, definitely a challenge. Uh, and so not everybody is fit for that, even though they may feel that they have a calling to do that thing. If you, you've got to figure out what your priority is and go with it. Well, and then what God gives to do. So, you know, someone might have the desire, but maybe they don't have the means. Or, you right. know, it, 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 you know, someone might want to, like, be... Um, I don't know, like on a sports team, let's say football or soccer or whatever, um, and their their desire is commendable, but they might not have the skill. You know, I mean that's you know just reality. Yeah. Maybe I need to qualify when I said my seminary experience was a whole lot different. It was during the Seminex days, and I had two years under the future Seminex faculty, which was very liberal. It wasn't education that a lot of guys didn't. And it was real insightful to see what true liberal theology was firsthand, to sit at the feet of these heretics, basically. And um, then I went on Vicarage and coming back, then I had godly men who truly, you know, yeah. Robert Price for one. <laughs> okay. And um, so it was overall a, a unique experience mm -hmm. that compared to guys who just basically went through the system. But it was like when you said Francis Pieper, you know, the three volumes. Uh, my first two years, Pieper was mentioned with a laugh. Oh, really? Yeah. So you, you guys don't know that, but that's how uh, insidious it was. It was just that, that night and day kind of thing, which only heightened my curiosity as to who was Francis. <laughs> yeah, but but I just want to add, you know, the fourth year, and I, 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 I'm sorry I walk out, but there's that other element too, and that is to be certified by the faculty. That ultimately, and that's the responsibility of the faculty to finally put kind of a stamp of approval on the candidate. Because if they really see a problem there, they don't have to certify. Not even often it happens after four full years of seminary, but they can un not certify a person. But you do your orals, they've seen you, they've observed you, you chapel, you help out here, you do various things. So they're observing you for four years. So that's a, in fact, a, you know, when I'm like in pastor's class, I'll say, well, how does a pastor become a pastor? And there's a lot to it, but you say, first of all, he has to academically pass all the courses, right? Get certified from the faculty, and then thirdly, get a divine call from the congregation. Which, of course, when you start out, that that's, is kind of a blind shot because the congregation doesn't really know you. But those are the three things that ultimately, in a sense, make you an LCMS pastor. You don't just say, I'm going to put a shingle out and start a church. Pastor, may I ask you a question? Sure. Um, so you, where did you go to college? To <laughs> seminary? No, I, I went to a state Super college in Louisiana. State University. And then the seminary. And then the St. Louis Seminary. St. Louis. I didn't have the pre-seminary in Fort Wayne education, which was the theater college at the time before it became the seminary. 
We're going back 45 years ago, yeah. so it was a little different back then. <laughs> so you, you had two years with these Seminex people. Right. And then when you came back, they weren't. They were gone. Why did, did they just leave? They went into exile and they, they, continued, they continued their and seminary gave, in exile. Gave the college over to... Um, the university, yeah, the seminary 801, they called the 801 campus in St. Louis, they really left it. And there were only five professors out of 45, 45 professors. How odd, though. It was one of the largest seminaries in the nation. They took all the student records with them, and so the people left behind didn't know who was on Vicarage. <laughs> there were 45 professors and five. Well, that's an opportunity. Five remained faithful to the sin and to, to the word of God, is what I'd really say. And from that, they started to build and add to the faculty. So that when I came back off Vicarage, our class was, rather than it being like 200 or 175, there were 30 of us. Do you think God had a hand in that? Well, I have to believe that. Yeah. But even other, even other uh, church bodies were watching very carefully. There was a Southern Baptist uh, religious editor of, of a paper who said the Southern Baptist church was watching Missouri Synod very carefully. Because the Episcopal Church, Methodist Church, Presbyterian Church, other mainline churches had gone off the edge of liberalism. And they saw us on the slippery slope too, and they were wondering if Missouri Senate could put on the brakes. And by God's grace, we, we did. threw out the anchor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I think you still have. I think you still have fallout because you still have the liberal churches and the conservative Absolutely. churches, and that's you know. Because St. Louis yeah. had been for years turning out liberal right. pastors. Right, so I mean that's getting that's going to be to the end soon, because those guys are all 70s and 80s, and they're going to be you know they've been retiring for the past Who? five or ten years. Yeah, the people the, under that the liberals that, that came out educated that, that under that liberal faculty. The Senate, you know, that's so where you get your open. The chaplain I had in Germany was one of those walked out seminaries. Really, yeah, that guy was off the wall. Oh. But that's where you get your open communion. Yeah. Those guys. yeah. Can I ask, was it hard when you came back off Big Ridge? Was it hard? It was very confusing and difficult. I can tell you a lot of stories. I mean, we, we tried to communicate with the Seminex students, and it lasted until about Thanksgiving. And then it just, they went their way. Yeah. We thought, we actually thought there was a chance to get it back together. Uh -huh. But, no. Um, what was the question? Was it? What's what was the difference between the, the uh, seminary in St. Louis and the seminary in, in Fort Wayne during all this? I mean, we went through it. In the yeah, I, we were was, I went through it with Charlie, but I but, didn't know all of it. Obviously, there must have been a difference because there wasn't a big separation there. I, I don't know so much about the uh, the Fort Wayne Seminary at that time. Well, it wasn't um, a seminary; well, it was the senior college. But, yeah, Springfield. So, I mean, I, I know, like my dad, um, he he actually graduated from from Springfield. So, um, if you didn't go to Concordia, you went to Springfield. Yeah, well, he did go to he, he did go to actually to Concordia, Rocksville. 
Yeah, you, you know, Question Paul. Yeah, and and so so that means know your Bible, but also know the Book of Concord too. Mm -hmm. Maybe not everybody, uh, although yeah. I I'd encourage that. Um, but but know what the pastor is supposed to be teaching and preaching, you know, um, and and the like. And I, I just you know if if I think about it too much, I'm thinking, you know, we we are a weakening church body in, in this respect because I, I think there's a big push not only by society but by many in the church, including pastors, you know, to move away from means of grace. You know, you've heard of church growth movement. I know the CGM. That was years ago, but it's still around. You know, how do you grow a church? Yeah, you go in your neighborhood. Make it where people like it. Yeah, and you know, it's you know, and and, and thankfully, I, I don't know of uh, many Missouri synod. I'm sure there's a few that congregations that do this, but have you heard of uh, the uh, the Willow Creek Association or Willow Creek in Illinois, uh, it's a suburb of Chicago? Uh, Bill Hybels started. That church, um, you know, which which uh, at the time that he started it, you know, and it was growing thousands of members, and they have a Willow Creek Association, which is worldwide, and the like. But he started the church going door to door, yeah. mm -hmm. asking people if they go to church, and if they said yes, then he kind of said, okay, thanks a lot for your time. If they said no, then he would ask them questions like, well, did you used to go? And they would say. If they said yes, he would say, well, you know, why did you stop? And then he kind of framed the, 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 uh, the foundation for the church based on what they said. Well, you know, the pastor told me, you know, so-and-so, I shouldn't be doing this and, and so on and so forth. Or maybe it was, uh, you know, it was too liturgical or it was too this or too, too that. You know, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. I wanted to hear this. You know, we wanted excitement and everything. So he, he kind of laid the foundation for for how the church should be based on not the word, but based on what the people said. Yeah, the needs. They, they, and they, what happens with that then is you know it, it, it's like today um, in, in in many uh, many church bodies, any number of congregations where you know it's it, it, it's almost faddish, like F A D D I S H. Didn't somebody make a golden calf in the same method? Yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 what 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 comes to the fore is well, okay. If you give people what you want, or if you give people what they want, uh, they're never going to be satisfied. You're right. You want more? Because you know desires are never completely satisfied. If you've got money, you want more money. If you don't got money, you want money. Wasn't it? Right? Wasn't it either Rockefeller or Getty? Someone asked, how much money is enough? And he says, just a little bit more. Yeah. And that, that would certainly fit in. So how does that fit in with the church then? You know, if you give people what they want, well, we need more of this. We need more of that. Uh, and, and, you know, really then what happens is that it moves further and further away from what God himself does give and where God himself does direct you. You know, so you'll notice a, a difference in preaching between uh, or among Lutherans, uh, confessional Lutherans, and like Joel Austin or Rick Warren, um, you know, or if you listen, if you watch TBN, you'll notice a huge difference 
yeah. between the preaching because on TVN I know they have preachers there that tell people what they want and then they'll use scripture but then yeah. but then so they'll reference scripture and then say something completely different as if that's what scripture says or means and it doesn't and it, it, it's so frustrating because so many are just eating this up yeah God only saved the church because of the remnant. I hope we're part of the remnant. <laughs> well, and yeah, the, the, you know, the only way to know is, you know, okay, what does God say in His Word, and do you believe it? Yeah. A while ago, you said, I'm going back to earlier. Sure. You said that woke is going to come to the church. Here you know, come. and I think we've seen it sort of yeah. in you can go, you can't go to church, but you can go to something. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. it's but what it's are you there. seeing? I mean, what are you seeing happening? Um, well, I, I, I think you know one thing is, um, and and this would be more societally, culturally, um, you know, kind of the you know with with reference to the cancel culture. I think that's that's certainly a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, the elimination of various books. I know we've talked about Dr. Seuss. I just heard of one recently, and I forget the, the author's name. Uh, but he wrote a book that was on Amazon, and then they discontinued it, mm -hmm. uh, selling it on Amazon. It's called When Harry Became Sally. Yeah. About transgender. Yeah. 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 Um, and that that's one example. But we hear left and right people being, you know, taken off Twitter, you know, mm -hmm. just for saying, you know, um, I, I know what's her name. Um, she was uh, a, a former MMA. Um, individual, she, oh, she played oh, well, it. That actress that was on The Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't remember her name either as an actress. Yeah, but, was, um, but she simply said something that Disney didn't like. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was kind of conservative, and then, and, and, you know, um, and she posted, and, you know, so there's more and more of that going on, you know, and like, uh, if I know some of you, uh, you know, receive emails from Babylon B, for example. You know, any number, like, it, it, it seems like a couple times a month, they'll, they'll say, you know, Facebook or Twitter or whoever tried to cancel us again, you know, take us off. And, you know, they're, 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 the, the last one I heard concerning that is, you know, I think it was the New York Times, uh, you know, saying that, uh, you know, they, they are uh, fake news. And it's like they actually say on the website yeah, that they're a satire, you know, and, and yet people believe what they say, you know. So concerning, you know, if you're into like, I, I don't know, they're 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 kind of anti, you know, the uh, the the uh, former episodes of uh, Star Wars, you know, like the last one they just dog it. <laughs> I mean, you know, but be, you know, they'll, they'll say some things that I, I think kind of hit home, you know. Uh, and the like, but was there a comment? Well, I, I just was actually looking at Christian News, this uh, recent edition, and I wasn't really up on, but tried to catch up on this the whole thing about uh, Concordia College in Portland, Oregon. Portland, yeah. And uh, how they had actually on the campus a gay club. Yeah. Right, yeah. And if we're talking about wokeness in the church. Yeah, that's Right that's, in the church. That's the thing, you know. I mean, we see openness around us, as they call it, the cancel culture, but it is going on in the church. And the Missouri Synod, you know, I, like I said, these other major church line bodies, mainline bodies, have gone off the slippery slope. The Episcopals, I mean, they've got 
practicing homosexuals in the pulpit, lesbians and everything else. Same thing with the Methodists and Presbyterians. You got different grades within those church bodies, but overall, that's why the Church in Africa, the Anglican Church in Africa, has kind of disowned the Episcopal Church in, in America because they've gotten so lefty and so off the left side of things. But you know, even within our Missouri Synod, we've got these kind of uh, push and pulls. And uh, you know, you know, just a, what 20, 30 years ago, we'd be shocked that there would be a gay club on a Concordia campus. But now it's like, well, it's open for discussion. Really? It's, yeah. it's, it's just, we're almost looking well, folks. <laughs> well, and I, I, I know this for a fact that uh, Concordia University St. Paul now has a diversity officer who's also a <laughs> and he's actually called. So I, I think he was, he was um, um, at, at one of, I, I can't remember the name of the congregation, but in Fort Wayne he was part of the school, you know, administration or whatever, and apparently they called him, um, and he's commissioned, he's not ordained, he's commissioned, but it's a called position, and I'm thinking, okay, so what is that leading to? Because I've, I've had any number of students, actually some at Concordia St. Paul, um, you know, state, for example, without, without regret at all, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, and they're proud of it. Now, they're, they're likely not Lutheran. Um, but even if they are Lutheran, it's generally ELCA kind. Yeah. And of course, that would kind of go back then to Seminex too, because many who graduated from Seminex, of course, joined ELCA or were instrumental in ELCA. And in the congregations, you know, what you're going to have, if you haven't had one degree or another, is pushing gay marriage. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and, and acceptance. So um, I, I remember hearing years ago, you know, some people saying, well, you speak so much against homosexuals. What about adulteries? You know, and well, the like. Well, what about you know, it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's a sin too, isn't it? Um, but but the idea is, what well, you seem to be singling this out. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Well, the truth hurts, doesn't it? Um, and keep being in your face too. Yeah, I mean, there's no, you know, so um, I, I think with with reference to wokeism, um, you know, if you. Uh, if you say it's a that. great word because actually it is kind of a religion too. Yeah. So it, there's there, there's there's tenets, there's beliefs. You know, if you're not part of the group, you're not woke. You know, That's and, and it, that, that really disturbed me. Um, and maybe it disturbed you too, like during the rioting, you know, last year, and, and uh, you know the the, the Black you know, Lives Matter movement and the calling for repentance because you're white. You know, take a knee. Um, and, and those kind of things. And I think that's all related to this. And also another term that came up, which I think also is, is uh, um, or correlates with, corresponds to uh, wokeism, and that is, uh, I recently heard a, a phrase, uh, cultural Marxism. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm thinking of this. It's always, you know, Marxism, you know, originally I, I, I haven't really studied it, um, but originally it had to do with economic distinctions, right? So you have the rich and the poor and so on and so forth. And really the emphasis seems to be of Marxism is to, is to um, begin a revolution, you know, to change society. You know, but now it has it, it, come down to, to white versus black, you know, 
Which is kind of, you know, I talked with May about this a little bit because uh, apparently some people were asking her too, you know, uh, about uh, the shootings that took place in in Atlanta. You know, with reference to that, and I mean, it, it's it's interesting to me uh, to hear how the news is is reporting it. Yeah. You know, they they don't want to immediately call it a racist action, right? You know, he was a, he, he had sexual problems. Yeah. Um, but but. You know, because I, I think one of the things, and, and you could talk with May about this, but but it, it, it seems to me that they want to distinguish racism only to blacks and not to Asians, not to other groups or Hispanics and the like, which is kind of, you know, um, because it's, it's not according to their narrative. But well, they're talking they, Asians a lot now. No, I, I know, I know. Yeah, and, 400 and incidents. Asian Americans like or, you know, um, you know others who, who uh, you know, they they they're Asian. They they appear Asian because their parents or their grandparents yeah, they're are Asian. You know, yeah. But they have the English accent or the American accent, <laughs> not English, but American accent um, and the like. And, and you can't distinguish from their voice, for example, you and then you and then. Yeah. <laughs> As humans, we get hung up with numbers. Like you're talking about Willow Creek and, and what is it the people want? Well, we have to remember we don't convert people. Amen. As a church, we stay faithful to the word and the sacraments and witness, witness, witness. But it's the Holy Spirit that does the conversions. And I'm sorry as much as I'd like other things that sometimes God doesn't work my schedule. Well, and, and you know, in response to that, yeah, I mean, I, I am in totally agreement with you. And, and what I find is, you know, even in the Lutheran Church, you'll hear this from different groups. We're here to change the world. Mm -hmm. We're here to save the world. That's not your job. That's not my job. It's only Christ's job by means of the Spirit working through the Word. And, you know, so, you know, it, it, it is a challenge because what that also reveals is that when it comes to the preaching of the word, there will be those who hear it, but there will also be those who reject it. As you walk out of the sanctuary, mm -hmm. up on the wall yeah. in the back of the church, the big tapestry of uh, the sower, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you you can mm -hmm. you yeah. can talk 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 yeah. talk. Yeah. But sometimes it falls on rocky soil. And, you know, um, it is easier, I, I think, to look at the numbers because that's, you know, there's feedback. You know, there's immediate feedback. Oh, we got one more. We got two more. We got ten more. But but what, what's more challenging is to ask the question, am I speaking the word? Um, am I repenting of my sin? You know, um, you know, am I, you know, it, it, it is very challenging, I think, you know, just to see ourselves or, or want to see ourselves as doing what God has given when there's no, you know, observable result. You know, like, you know, doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because of how somebody is going to respond to it. You know, uh, you know, if your kids don't like you because you're disciplining them, you know, that, that is a temptation not to discipline them, right? Oh, yeah. You know, because, well, gosh, if I say this, then, you know. They're not my friend. 
Um, and, and that happens, that, that temptation is in the church too, as well as with other family members. You know, as well. Um, it's, it's easier to remain silent and, and, and to give attention to that which seems to be working rather than that which is dependent not on you, but on God to do the work. And the, 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 the latter thing takes faith. The other doesn't. Well, we need to pray that we, our church stays true to the Word because people are going to church hoping to hear the Word and a lot of churches they're going to, they're not getting it. Oh, I know. I know. And that's that's very distressing. That That's the reason that this country's in trouble just in the day. So many people aren't getting the Word of God that yeah, and and one of the one of the problems though, uh, with with that is the people don't recognize that. You know, there's so many who who you know we, we talked about, and I can't remember the name of it. I want to say Christian family or faith. faith, faith, faith. Yes, thank you. Uh, and and the, the daughter that's being built, uh, you know, in in, uh, in Portales, it really concerns me because you know, and, and TVN and, and these other you know televangelists and the like. What are they saying? And yet people don't, they, they think what they're hearing is Christian. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's radical. It's anti-Christ, lowercase a. It's against Christ. You know, and, and uh, so when, when we're talking with others, um, I would, you know, encourage you to, to uh, you know, to, to think about this. When you're talking with others, members of, of other congregations, don't assume uh, anything. Don't assume that they know what Christianity is. <coughs> Rather, kind of start at the basics. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what does the Bible say? Well, why is that important? Because the Bible is God's word. You know, and it, it, it doesn't matter how I interpret the Bible. It depends what the Bible says of itself. The actual text and context. Okay, you and then you and then we'll pray. <laughs> I, have, I hear on uh, issues, etc., are you looking for a 14-sermon series telling you how to be a better person? Well, that's not here. Uh, Plug for issues, etc. by the way. Disney. ISS. We talked about Disney. Well, today's Disney is not the wonderful world of color. No, it's not. Today's Disney has Pixar as part of it. They make some totally trashy movies. It's not the wonderful world of color. We talked about racism. When somebody says all whites are racist, are racist, that in itself is a racist statement. But they can't see it. You can try and point it out to them, and they will not see it. The third thing, we talked about uh, Portland having a diversity officer. Diversity has never been our strength, but that's what they've tried to make it. Diversity is not our strength. Our strength, whether you're talking about the church or the country, Boy, sorry. I'm on a soapbox. Our strength is diverse people coming together in unity for a common goal. Boy, I got that one. Boy. Amen, brother. Preach it, preach it. Do I need to stand up next time? You're not certified. No, she's not. Yeah. Everything you got up there, the you know, woke culture is using 
to divide. Yeah, exactly. And that's their, it's communist. That's yeah, that's their goal. You were talking about you know revolution and all that. And so they're trying to. And I guess Mark and I were talking about this a little bit this morning. It's amazing how these people talk about the black and white races, and they always going back to hundreds, you know, 170 years ago. Yeah. Reparations, 1619. All the Chicago, stuff. right? Yeah. Go. You really care about slavery? If you if you really care, what about the slavery that's going on right under our nose today? Right. It's yeah. called human trafficking. You're nowadays. right. Oh wait, that has to do with the border, though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> it has to do with mainly against brown people. And they know. even deny that that's even happening. Right. Yeah, they deny that. They but, deny but that it, that's happening. But it, it's just a ploy for really pushing Marxism. It is. Yeah. And a lot of those countries, after their Marxist revolution, they kill all the upper class: the lawyers, the doctors. Yeah, it the comes pastors. back to Biden. They yeah. kill them all. Yeah. One word. What? One hundred millionaires in this country, uh, billionaires in this country, that pledge a hundred million dollars apiece to push anti-gun legislation, to, to supporting the real liberals in all the state elections. They're try and they're also for the world government because they think they get the world government. They're going to be running. An and they're, uh, they're, they're the ones that are finding our, financing our universities. They're telling the universities who to hire. Right. And uh, technically withhold their money if they don't hire. And uh, so we, we've got a real problem in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Amen. All right, when we come back, uh, we're, we're going to at least continue a little bit with uh, uh, I but, but I mean this is good too so continue mm. the conversations but we'll meet back we'll around maybe 11 10 or so. Yeah.